All right, hello and welcome to the Bean Talking with Peak Performance Podcast. On this podcast, we talk to peak performers in their field so you can then go perform at your best. I'm your host, Tim Beanland, and I'm really excited for this show. Today, we've got Brad Burton on. Brad is the UK's number one motivational business speaker. He's the founder of Four Networking, the UK's largest joined-up national network, author of four highly rated business books, mentor to many sole traders, small business owners, and large corporations. Brad has done work for companies like Costa, Bentley, and Zero and many, many more. He's an incredibly motivated individual and has a lot of energy. There's a lot of energy that came from this show. Really excited to get into it. Just before we start the show, though, I want to talk to you guys about something I'm super excited about. We've been able to keep this show running because of the amazing client work that we've been doing, producing podcasts and creating a wealth of video content. I work with you to create a month's worth of content in just one short meeting. We all know that we should be creating videos, blogs, podcasts, and short-form content, and that we should be doing it every single day. But who really has the time for that? So I meet with my clients once a month. We film an interview, and from that, I go away and create their entire content catalog for that month, written articles, videos, and even podcasts that they can distribute throughout their entire channels, all professionally created and done with minimal work needed from you. So if you want to find out more about that, you can join my Facebook group called How To Start A Podcast, or you can email me at tim at beantalking.com.au. I'm really excited to have a conversation with you. But now let's get into the interview today. Let's talk to Brad. Let's find out why he is UK's most in-demand speaker, and he's really fantastic. Excited to get into this one. So let's go. Brad, yeah. um, thank you so much for coming on. My quick sum up of you is you're UK's most motivational speaker. You've grown a business from the ground up um, and, and you really make the most out of life, really motivating from the research that I've done. Um, that's my quick sum up of you in, in 15 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> but for, for people that um, here in Australia don't know about you, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I'm 47 now. Up until 31, I was a bum, never really amounted to anything. I've done four years on benefits. I've been addicted to drugs twice. I got shot at when I was 21 years old. Um, I left school with no qualifications. Mum brought me up as a single parent. So it was a really tough kind of, uh, not tough, that's unfair, really, really unexceptional life. And then... Um, and at 31, I basically told my employer to shove his job up his backside, walked out of a job, started my own business off, £25,000, $50,000 in debt, uh, no income, and that was $50,000 in daft cars and televisions and no longer on them credit. Um, and uh, I started my own business off and nobody gave me a chance, uh, nobody apart from me. And um, fast forward 14 years and that business uh, is for networking. And um, for networking, excuse me, prior to this whole situation, or situation as I like to refer to us, Networking was the, the largest joined up business network in the UK. Uh, we run over 5,000 meetings across the UK. And um, COVID-19 comes along, that's gone. And it's like, oh shit, what do we need to do now? And there's two schools of thought. You can panic or you can actually do something. And we did something. We turned our business, dare I say it, pivoted. Uh, we turned it around in um, two weeks. And now it's all online for nonline.biz. And we're taking a world by storm. So yeah. it's funny how these things pan out. Um, and I've written four books, sorry, three books, four books. Four, four books. books. I've written four books and I'm a motivational speaker. I speak at the highest level. Uh, I was speaking at the highest level. And for what it's worth, um, there you go. Bosh, amazing this technology. Go. Love it. <laughs> I must admit, I've actually watched this video. So for people listening along, um, 
Yeah, Brad's showing a video, his, his promo reel um, on YouTube, and I've probably watched it about 10 times. The music behind it's really uplifting, um, and you're in front of thousands of people there as well. That was, was 3,000 people in the background then. That was uh, yeah. over at ZeroCon. So ZeroCon over in the UK, with Zero, uh, New Zealand-based business. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, I keynoted there um, this November, and it's just amazing. You know, clients include Costa Coffee, which is massive in the UK, Bentley, yeah. JCB, Zero, and actually, you know, Given that I've got no qualifications, <laughs> how have I managed to get myself on these stages? You know, and I'm not selling certainty. What I'm selling is honesty. That's the difference. I'm selling honesty. Yeah, and that comes across in in spades. I mean, there's plenty of people that get up on stages. There's plenty of people that can speak motivationally. But mm-hmm. when when I was looking into the stuff that you did, that authenticity came across. Um, okay. And and I guess how how have you? It, do you think your background has kind of shaped that? You said you had a pretty pretty rough past. You you know, yeah. you, you came from and you know what it's like to be down and out. So do you think that's oh, where a lot of your, your motivation yeah, comes from? You know, you know what? Look, I'm a guy who lived in effectively council estate uh, houses all my life, never had a pot to piss in. And now I've got every material thing that I want, like every material thing that I want. Now, some people will continue going when you reach that point. And now all of a sudden it's like, hey, I want to have gold taps. And then you get gold taps. It's like, I want to have platinum taps. And now what I want to do is I want to travel not only first class and I want to have my own private jet and I want to fit it out. And I'm, shut up, you twat. You know, there comes a point in your life when actually this is more than ever before. This whole COVID situation is a wonderful leveler to realise the futility of all that. That right now, you know, if Richard Branson and his private island, you know, worth 80 million quid and he's got his business going kaput, just shows you, wouldn't it have been better if you didn't bother having a private island and actually you just had a big house and you just lived in your big house and was happy? But there comes a point when people just keep driving forward, driving forward, and that doesn't mean don't be ambitious. But what it means is, is by all means, be ambitious, be driven, but be happy. And when your drive and ambition is causing you to be unhappy, you've kind of just, you've just uh, met your level or found your level. And so many people are driven by what they see and what other people show them that their life should be. And actually, you know, what my life is, is is a guy from Salford, Manchester, which is like a really rough city in the UK, that has managed to turn himself from this working class lad into a middle class hero in my world. And what I mean by that is that, you know, I'm giving uh, an opportunity. I'm showing that there's a way through for any person who ever says, oh, well, it's OK for you or there's not, I've had no opportunity. I've created the opportunity at 31, at 31, not, a, you know, not through winning the lottery or, or getting a, a 31. I started mine. So so I, I just, I think that's what it's about. I think what I'm about is about showing that anyone can do it. When you speak at the highest level in the UK, right, um, you know, I had people come on and say, well, you've got self-limited beliefs. Andy Robbins has got $300 million worth of self-worth. I said, well, that's pathetic because he should have $600 million if he's, oh, has he got self-limited beliefs? Or maybe he should have a billion. Where does it end? You know, where does it end when you've lived on, as I did, on, on literally 6000 Aussie dollars a year? On benefits, you know where I am right now. I'm living in a, a massively different world, and actually, yet people go on social media and say, "I'm I've got self-limiting beliefs." It's like, are you fucking stupid? <laughs> so, so from my perspective, you know, I, 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 um, I run my own race. I'm my own competition. I compare me to me, and that's what people need to do: compare you to you. Yeah, hundred percent, and sort of being, um, being the best version of yourself and better than you were yesterday, right? Yeah, I see. Totally. 
you know, I, I think it's it would be a phrase over in the UK as well, like keeping up with the Joneses or, or yes, comparison, yes, yes, that yes. kind of stuff. It, Man, it's very win. dangerous, right? It's a game you can't win, and especially today's day and age in this Instagram world where you've got a 26-year-old get out of a Lamborghini, a slow-motion video, putting sunglasses on, and then jumping around in, in, you know, in, a, in a jacuzzi with three girls in bikinis. You can get yourself in this mindset where you think, well, hang about, I'm 27, I've not got that, now I'm a piece of shit. And actually, this is what people do. And so, so for me, you know, taking me as a mentor, getting me as a mentor, I'm not going to promise you hyper wealth. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to promise you that you have a Rolls Royce Phantom and you know, and, and, and have the cameras flashing. But what I can promise you is this: that you will find uh, that you can be the best version of you. But also, what I focus on more than money is happiness. Yeah. Right. Because there's a million people out there that are, you know, happiness. But there's also, don't get me wrong, there's that whole authenticity, heart-centric, fucking, that's bollocks. I'm not into all that. I'm from Salford. I'm from, I don't, we don't talk that way. But what I found is a level of contentment, the like to which I honestly, honestly don't know anyone who's as content as me in life. Not mm. a single person. And that's something that, that, has, that has happened from having nothing, but also having everything. And then eight years ago, I had a nervous breakdown. I broke down mentally. And, and actually, I remember walking my dog, Tyson, Labradoodle, <laughs> true story. I remember walking my dog, and, and, and crying, um, saying, I just want to feel normal. I just want to feel normal. I just want to feel normal. Mm. And yet I had money. I had everything. I actually didn't want that. I just wanted to feel normal. I spent all that time to get to, my, to a point in my life where life wasn't normal, that actually I just wanted to go back without the pressure. Now, what's great about that nervous breakdown is that you fast forward um, eight years, and actually, if I'd not had the nervous breakdown eight years ago, I'd be fucking having it now because of this whole pressure situation, but I, my ability to deal with pressure is fucking great. Because once you've, you know, when you've, um, uh, it's like going to the gym, you lift the weight up, if it's too heavy for you, your muscles rip. But the purpose then is that the muscles rip and then repair and they grow back stronger uh, and more denser. And that same principle applies to mental health. So actually my ability to deal with shit is greater than it's ever been. So I'm so thankful for everything, whether it's me getting shot at, whether it's me having a nervous breakdown, whether it's me, whatever. I'm so I wouldn't change a single thing, not one single thing about my life. Yeah, I can I can totally relate to that. I I've had um, periods of of sustained depression where um, mm. the, that only thought that thought process you you were saying earlier there for me it was what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Right. And and eventually got to this point where I just I, I broke down. But if I didn't get to that point where everything had been taken away, so to- I, I didn't realize what I actually enjoyed doing. Because then, then I had the time to go, oh, okay, coming back from that, what lights you up? What are you passionate about? How can you, you know, to quote off quote your book over there, how can I get off yeah. my ass and what's, yeah. what's going to get me to do that? Um, so well, it's you know, inc- you know, incredible how that can happen, yeah? Well, what was interesting about me, so I used to be on Fluxetine going back 20 years ago, which was Prozac. Yeah. And I was depressed, right? And I was, I would, if you ask me, am I... Uh, a depressive, I'd have said yes, I'd have said I'm a manic depressive, that was a term a manic depressive, so it'd be three days a month where I couldn't get out of bed three days a month where if I won the lottery it'd be like this is the root of all evil, it just it doesn't make no odds what was happening in the world it was going through this interpretation through the filters that life is shit or whatever and now what that happened, I look back now and say well why was that the case because I'm not depressed, uh, I'm not a depressive I'm not anymore, yet I was then and what was going on there is I think I was grieving. I was grieving because when, when I got shot at, I moved away 200 miles away to get away from all that. And I, I couldn't have any contact with my friends. I couldn't, so I think that's what's going on. 
I think I was I was mourning the loss of my old life. Mm. And actually, I spent five years in the wilderness. Now, what people are doing right now with this COVID, they're mourning the loss of their old life. And you can spend your fucking next five years whinging about how you lost a contract or how you're going to be good and this, that, and other prior to COVID. And you're just going to waste your life. You're almost like, it's like a, you're running the clock down. So, so it doesn't mean that a positive attitude solves everything, um, but it helps. Yeah, no, it goes a, goes a massive way to actually changing that mindset. Um, something I, I really want to ask you about and get into the, the psychology of it, when you were building your business, you say, you know, you took out 25,000 um, pounds and then you actually, to sustain no, no, that. I, I, no, no, I didn't take out no. 25. I started with nothing. You started I with nothing. I in debt. In debt. That's, I was 25,000 yeah, in debt before yeah, yeah. I even started. That's what I was, I was trying to reference yeah, yeah. to. So, so you're in debt. And in order for the business to, to stay afloat, you actually drove drove around pizza delivery, I believe. Yeah, yeah, at 31. At 31. So how did you, I guess, stay away from that mindset that we were talking about of comparison to everyone and go, no, I'm, I'm really believing in what I'm building here, but in order to have cash flow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive, you know, drive yes. around. How, like, I guess there's a few questions in that. but Of course. Yeah. So, so if, you've, if you've got a plan B, you don't believe in your plan A. Right, so I had no plan B. I had to make this work, and the way that I'd make this work was part of that plan A to get to where I needed to be was to get through the immediate. See, so many people, especially right now, you can't be entrepreneurial whilst you're in survival mode. Right, so I'll give you an example. You're talking to me now, and no matter how uh, how great the questioning is, or we're talking, if somebody running with a knife, you wouldn't be finishing your question off. What you'd be doing is running around the table with a chair to try and defend yourself. So, yeah, but hang about, come back, Tim. We've got an amazing bit. Yeah, yeah, that's great, Brad, but I've got somebody chasing me with a knife. Yeah, but mate, this is the best bit ever. You see, and so many people right now are trying to do that. You've got to get yourself out of survival mode in order to get to entrepreneurial mode. And that's what I did. I realized that in order for me to get to where I needed to be, I needed to go to get to C, you've got to go by A and B. And A and B is the bit where people laugh at you. A and B is the bit where people say no. A and B is the bit where people say, you've got no chance for to start a business off with 25 grand in debt. You should get a proper job. And actually, I didn't. I got a job that, you know, Monday to Friday, I was running my business. And then Friday, 6 p.m., you finish your shift. And then you do a shift for five hours, 6 till 11, delivering pizzas at 31. And I felt like a piece of shit. But actually, looking back, what I should have been doing is patting myself on the back. I should have been patting myself on the back for a job well done. Mm. Yeah, because I guess... The, the culture of startup culture and Instagram entrepreneurs and that the, exactly. the guy you're talking about before, they all think that, you know, they need to get funding, they need to do that. But entrepreneurship is, is sales, yeah? So you're probably focusing yeah. Monday to Friday on your business trying to sell and then, yes. okay, it's a startup business so we understand cash flow. You've then gone, no, nah, I'm just going to do something humbling that's yeah. easy cash right now. Like that's, but, that's but, a massive but lesson a pe- for people. Totally. So when people turn around and say, hey, Brad, you know, take me as a mentor. I'll do anything. You know, look at mentor me. I'll do anything to, 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 to succeed. They said, would you deliver pizza for two years? Well, well, no. Well, in which case, don't fucking tell me you'll do anything because you won't. Because actually, if you're not prepared to deliver pizzas, and this is the thing, so many people believe they want to skip the steps. You want to get the bottom. And, 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 you know, this is the bullshit culture that is sold. There's certainty salespeople online, daft courses. Online daft courses that people go and get ten thousand pounds like Jack and the Beanstalk, 
£10,000, $20,000 and go sign up to these stupid fucking courses that actually the only one who's getting rich quick is the person. And the only way that you're going to get rich, so the only way that somebody gets rich quick is when you get skinned quick. Listen, people would rather be told fucking lies rather than get the truth of someone like me. Because I'm telling you right now, it's going to take you four times longer. And if you believe that some stupid Facebook advertising system is going to be... Now, if you work for Pepsi-Cola and you're Coca-Cola Sweeps and you've got fucking £2 million uh, market budget for a one-month campaign, you can afford to have some propeller heads sat there with analytics. If, however, you're spending $300 and you're aiming for fucking, you know, surf shops in Wollongong, then you might get a punt, you might not. But people, see, people get it all wrong. People are using that methodology. Well, I know a friend of mine who got a £300,000 return or 300% return. Well, yes. And they spent $60,000. And the reason they got a 300% uh, return is because they spent $60,000 and they've done it 10 times before that and got it wrong. Because here's the thing, an expert is someone that has made all the mistakes in a particular niche field. So when it comes to speaking professionally, I've made them all. Running networking events, made them all. Startup business, made them all. Marriage, made them all. And you make those mistakes and they're a down payment on future death decisions so you can avoid them. That's amazing. A down payment on future decisions so you can avoid it. Yeah, future yeah. death decisions. Death decisions, very cool. Let me tell you about decision-making process. Please right? do, it's please amazing. do. So this is something that Bentley Global use, um, $2 billion business, their global management uh, leadership program. And there's a reason that they use it is because I taught it them. Brad Burton, former drug addict, Brad Burton, guy who got shot at, Brad Burton, no qualifications, Brad Burton, the guy who, who did four years on benefits. So the guy who delivered pizzas. And this this whole methodology is I'm going to just put something up on the screen now. On the yeah, screen please. So you can see it, but I'll talk it through so that you don't need to run there. Yeah. I'll so make the screen when it, bigger as well. When it, when it comes to making decisions, I'm the easiest person in the world to make decisions because here's the thing. Your success or failure throughout your life and your business is going to be defined by your ability to make decisions, good ones and bad ones. Right now, if you the reason that people don't make decisions, Tim, is why? Um, oh, they overcomplicate it, or they they they're spend too much time, ones. or yeah, scared, scared what other people think. Yeah. yeah, or they're scared that they're the wrong decision. So consequently, you know. Sometimes in life, there's some psychology behind this, which says people who take long time to make decisions don't make better decisions than people who take short time, right? That's psychologically proven, okay? Now, once a year, people who make fast decisions will make one fucking howler, and people who make short, longer decisions make one howler. That's the reality of it. So while somebody who takes a long time to pensive to make decisions makes 100 decisions, I've made 10,000. Both of us are going to make one fuck up a year, okay? Now, when it comes to making decisions, um, your success or failure will be defined by your ability to make decisions, good ones and bad ones. Want more success? Make better decisions. And when it comes to decisions, I am the easiest person in the world to sell to because I'll make a decision in 24 seconds. If I can't make it in 24 seconds, I'll revisit in 24 minutes. If I can't make a decision in 24 minutes, I'll revisit in 24 hours. If after 24 hours I can't make a decision, I've just made a decision. It's not important. Fucking next. Now, when if you look what I said before, an expert is someone that has made all the mistakes in a particular niche field. So if you make a decision and it's the wrong one, it moves you one step towards being an expert. If you make the right one, it moves you one step towards success. You can't lose. So I'm the fastest decision-making person I know because people go, how oh, can you make a decision on that basis? Because we're not going to get any more data, right? You give me, you, you give me a pitch. After 24 seconds, not for me, mate. 
If you can't hit me within 24 seconds, honestly, it's not important. So that's how I make decisions. And my entire board make decisions. And when the shit at the family this COVID thing, I was panic buying, by the way. Let me be quite clear. Like yeah. Two or three weeks before everyone else was, I was on this. Right? I played enough computer games in my life to know what happened with the pandemic. Right? I'm a gamer, big time. Yep. And, and actually, I was, I was. this is the thing. So whilst people are going to wait to see what happens, I've, I've got to fill my shopping trolley up. And I'm done. Like four weeks before it, or whatever it was, before it even hit. So everyone else is then queuing around the block and having to deal with social distancing. And I've been in and out four weeks prior to that. Right? And this is what I'm saying is that whole approach in business and in, and in life about making fast decisions. That's where you'll end up where you are. Because throughout my life, I've ended up not making fast decisions and being pensive. And then it's got actually a $20 note in a, in, a, in a bar on the floor. And your friend says to you, hey, Tim, there's a $20 note there. Go and pick it up. And you go, no, you pick it up. No, you pick it up. No, you pick it up. And whilst you're doing that, I come along, see the twenty dollar note, I picked it up and fuck off. And now you're going, why did we do it? You should have picked it up. That's all, Jeremy. Now the recrimination start. And I'm now spending your twenty dollars. That was yours, but you chose not to get it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I think um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of um, the biggest objection people come up against is the I want to think about it. I want to think about it. And I think yeah. as a society, a lot of people think on things a little bit too much, and then that causes you to take inaction. Absolutely. But 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 that's but that's in, endemic of everything that, that somebody will do. Somebody will go to a McDonald's fucking menu and we stood there after having queued up for three minutes and get to the end and still fucking queue up for another two minutes thinking should they have a fucking Big Mac or a fucking thing? Yeah, it's like make a decision, you twat, move on. And yeah. that's where I'm at. In every decision that I make in life, I move on so fast. And it's not irresponsible. It's not irresponsible. It's not I think what's irresponsible is wasting your life on a decision that's really is it should it be a Kit Kat or a Mars bar? You know, it's like move on with your life. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I want to dive into the psychology of, of one of your books there, um, Get Off Your Ass, because that it, it really speaks to me, um, if, especially if I'm if I'm not healthy and in, in that mindset where you can spend too much time on your ass. Yeah. Um, what for somebody who because we've got an incredible opportunity right now, and and you've talked about it in terms of the downtime that we have, and and I, I don't want to sort of I guess, judge people for not taking up a new okay. thing or a new skill. But this is an incredible opportunity to dive into something that you love doing and, and quote, unquote, get off your ass. So I yeah. guess for, for somebody who wants to utilize this time in the best way possible, what are you recommending to people at the moment to so, get off their ass, I guess? You know, I can't play football. I can't play football. I can't, um, I can't paint. I can't draw. I'm shit. Right, so somebody telling me to learn football or to paint or draw is never going to happen. However, when this all ends and it will end, there's going to be a column straight down the middle of the page, and on the left is going to be losers, and on the right is going to be winners. And actually, what you do today and the forthcoming weeks, months is going to define whether you're on the winners or losers column. So if I ask the question and ask it a different way, do you want to be a loser or a winner when this is all over? Everyone's going to say a winner. No one's going to say a loser. Right. So, are your decisions that you're making today are they going to make you help you to to sit on the winners column, or are those decisions that you're making day in day out going to when it all ends that you're going to be on the losers column? And this is the thing. Don't get me wrong. There's times when I can't be asked, and I genuinely can't be asked, and I don't pretend that well. What you do is do reaffirmations and talking to a mirror and say you're a tiger every morning. You know, just bullshit. So when I can't be asked, I'll just go sit there playing PlayStation games or go back to bed. But that's the thing. But yeah, what you need to do, you need to, here's the 10x formula to shut the fuck up. We're not all, can't be, we can't all be Grant Cardone, you can't all be Gary Vee, you can't all be me. 
But what we can do is be a better version of ourselves. So once again, rather than me answer that question, I would say this. Do you want, and this is all over, to be on the loser's column or the winner's column? If you answer the winner's column, is what you're doing right now going to move you towards that or is it going to move you away from that? Only you can answer that. Yeah, wow. That's um, that, yeah, that's awesome. Nah, very good, very good way to answer it. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit about for networking. Um, through a connection of ours, Steph and Thomas, I was actually introduced to to what you guys are doing, and um, it actually seems quite different to to normal networking in terms of you've combined the social aspect and the business aspect. That you know, before you came into the market, it was either too much the other way or too much each way, and you were like, "There's there's nothing down the middle, right?" No. So. Yeah, what motivated you, I guess, to start okay. it? Was it that so, opportunity or how did that so come I'm, about? So when I'm delivering pizzas, I used to run a marketing business. So this must be in 2005, I run a marketing business. And I was doing okay. And I was delivering pizzas whilst I was doing that marketing business. So Monday to Friday, hi, I'm Brad Burton, the award-winning marketer. The company's called Four Consultants. We're a full-service, the media creative design agency, blah, 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 blah. And all I was doing is subcontracting now. And, um, but making sure the quality was right. And... Um, I'd been along to these networking events, and in political terms, you had the loony left where nothing quite happened. It's all very nice. Red wine, volivants, the mayor talking about parking provision and talking about, you know, fucking opening the beaches two weeks before in the season to increase ice cream sales. And it's just like, what a load of shit. And then you've got the guy, then you've got the hardcore right, where's your leads? Where's your referrals? You have to attend. You've got to do this. You've got to go. I'm thinking, where was the mainstream of networking? It, that, that appealed to normal people. Like people that the loony left didn't appeal to, people pontificating about how important they were. The loony right, the fucking hard right, they didn't appeal to. They didn't they start a business to have freedom, not to be restricted and get another job. And he's like, like his whole like 50% at either side, where was the mainstream, the 70% down the middle? Because actually what was happening is people were having to go left or right. And I thought, this is wide open this. So I, I looked at this and I went, why is this not being done? I couldn't understand it. And like, why is no one incorporating online along with off? So when I started for networking in 2006, um, February 16, 2006, it was 50% social, 50% business, and it worked. And that's the tagline that to this day still lives on. And people said, oh, well, it needs to be 80% business. And they said, oh, shut the fuck up. What are we going to do? Have fucking social police to make certain that people aren't having too much fun. So really what this was about is as you start getting older, your friends start dying, they start emigrating, they start getting married, they no longer play out anymore. And you start your friendship group will smaller and smaller and smaller, not with phone networking. Because if I don't like you, Tim, and you don't like me, it isn't going anywhere. That's the reality of it. So I realized that there's glue that holds people together is the social stuff is whether or not not only business, but actually if I don't like you and you don't like me, we never do business. So I realized that that actually the people I did business with and I uh, had affinity with were people that I liked. So I looked at this whole culture and I said, how do you create something that has never been done before? And that's what I did before networking. And bear in mind, in 2006, Facebook had just started as well. So it wasn't this kind of, oh, Facebook, social networking. I was on social networking in real life before it became a thing. And actually, you know, we moved it now. That was online meetings. And what we did at for networking, we have uh, three 10-minute appointments at each meeting. So everyone stands up for 40 seconds. I'm Brad, I'm a marketing genius, chat, chat, chat. And the next person goes up and you go, ah, I wouldn't mind speaking to Brad because I need a marketer. So then what happens is you break for a coffee and then you head towards the three people you want to have a chat with and swap a card. So I've got cards with my business cards. One, two, and three. I swap one with you. And then somebody has a turn around and says, oh, Brad, can we have a one-to-one? I've got two or three left. Boom, get rid of your three cards, and then you have you have a foresight, which is an insight, not a sales picture, which is where I learned to speak as a professional speaker. So 
like a 50-minute slot, which is an insight, not a sales pitch. The reason it was an insight, not a sales pitch, is I went along to these bullshit right-wing uh, networking events, and you've got somebody talking about fucking windows for 10 minutes, trying to sell you that these are 10 minutes, these are 15 minutes. Like, what's going on? Like, no one gives a shit. And at the end of that presentation, somebody's asking that questions. Uh, Steve, tell me, can you get a wood face you're on the 15 minutes? Oh, shut that fuck up. Just wasting everyone's life. And yeah. I just said, this is bullshit. So anyway, I looked at it, I started it. Everyone laughed at me. 25 grand in debt, and I pulled it off. And like I say, we, we ended up becoming... Oh, and I'll tell you the thing about what we did for networks, Please. which is different to, to any other network, is we, 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 we joined all the groups. So I've got a laptop computer now. It's connected to the internet. I would rather have this computer connected to the internet than a twice as powerful one that could never be connected to the internet. And that's what we did. So we connected every group. So as a member, you didn't join one group and go to the Wallagone group every Friday. You could go to the Wallagone group, you could go to the Sydney group, you could go to wherever. And we were running like 40 meetings a day. Mm. So so as a UK-wide, you could travel to Manchester and you could go to have a phone network and then go to your business appointments. And we're just in the same principle online with phone network for nonline.biz. Yeah, and something that's awesome that you've done is you're in the one of the business sectors that has been incredibly affected by what's going on and you've been forced to pivot. But there's been some positives that have come out of this. Um, I'd love to use myself as an example. Um, I was looking along um, of what Stefan was doing and consistently he was posting and I I wanted to go and watch one of his talks. He goes, I'm doing all this stuff at full networking. I'm sitting here in Australia and I'm going, okay, I can't can't fly to the the UK. COVID happens. And then Stefan goes, hey, I'm giving a keynote speech platform networking it's online so now there's actually an opportunity for you guys so was it easier for you with your mindset to actually see the opportunities of what's going on rather than going oh. geez five thousand events have, have yeah, yeah you're gone you know? so what, what we did tim and this is the great thing about it is this whole ability to be able to go what does this make possible and this is why i always ask people ask that question when the shit is in the fan in your life what does this make possible question mark and then go and answer that question. And also, when it gets tough, and it will get tough, say to yourself, this is not how my story ends. This is not how this story ends. And this is what I did. And if you start combining that whole 14 years of experience, remember what I said, is that 14 years, uh, an expert is someone that's made all the mistakes. And actually, that 14 years experience allows me, plus the way that I think from a decision-making process, that actually, when I realized this, because I played 30 years of computer games, and I realized that this pandemic did not have a solution and it wasn't taking it seriously. It wasn't closing the borders or anything. I thought, this is getting to us. So we was on it. We was like fucking on it way before anyone else. So whilst everyone else is still, oh, we'll wait to see when it all goes back. We'll wait to see what the government do. I'm thinking, fuck off. Get the infrastructure right. So like we like were first to market in the UK and globally, I'd say, as well. Mm. And actually, and, and, and if you think, look at the way that I act and the way that I do, I don't, I don't need permission of anyone. Right, yeah. I don't need permission. I don't need to wait for the government to tell me that I can run this business. So we, we've done really well in that. It took us uh, it took us three years to get to the stage that we've done in four weeks mm. from a group's perspective in That's real fantastic. life. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. I've got to ask because you've you've mentioned video games a few times. And I think this is a fun yeah. fun question to ask. Yeah. We we bonded over. You put up a Splinter Cell um, picture on your Instagram account. Yeah, um, Sam Fisher, what, what lessons, um, from Sam Fisher have you taken in your business life? Well, th- that's a great question. So Sam Fisher is a, like an NSA operative. He's a good kick-ass sort of positive guy. Yep. And actually, um, 
you know, he's a fair guy. So he kicks ass, but he's a fair guy. I just had a, a text message off Edward Zay. Hilarious. I'm going to go ah, to yeah, the picture. There we go. You know? um, so, so, so what I've learned from Big Smile, so what I've learned from, um, from, from Sam Fisher is to uh, be lean with your shots. That actually going loud doesn't always achieve anything. And actually, I am that guy now who is really, I've got friends of mine who are SES men. Um, and, and, and they've taught me quite a lot. And, and I'm going to share something that an SES guy who's an Iranian embassy. Uh, so, in fact, I don't know if you've seen it, the film Six Days. I haven't, no. no. So, it's on Netflix. It's about the SES raiding the Iranian embassy, which is coming up May the 5th, uh, 1980. So, he taught me this, which I just think is fabulous. He said to me that you cannot delegate responsibility. And he is so right. And that's where Sam's at, is that behind enemy lines and you'll go and do some stuff that actually some people wouldn't agree with, but you've got to do it in order to get the mission accomplished. Some of the, some of the way that I do acts so or the way that I swear, the way that I, I, I operate in business, conventionally people don't like it. However, you know, my audience isn't the people that conventionally don't like it. My audience is the people that do like it. And this is, I think, where from, from, a, from any kind of mission that we've all got, not everyone's going to agree with that mission. You know, and actually, let me be quite clear, Tim, and, and no matter how benign anyone, any of us are, in somebody's um, uh, hero story, we're a villain. You know, you would have broke someone's heart on your travel. It's not intentional, but it just didn't work out. And yet, if I was to ask them about you, they'd say he's a fucking asshole. But in your, your, your world, you wasn't an asshole. You were just being honest. Or you were just, you see what I'm saying? So we are, we are, the, we are, the, we are the villain in somebody else's hero story. Yeah, very cool, very cool. I think that's um, that's all an awesome spot to leave it on. I like to um, I like to leave it on something cool like that. But I've got three quick questions that I like to ask at the end of every every show. So in in line with um, the show peak performance, I'd I'd love to get your explanation when you hear that word peak performance, peak performer. Um, what does that What does that mean for for you? Yeah. So so from my perspective, intensity is as important as recovery. Right. So peak performance, I will operate. I would rather operate at four hours a day, at 100 percent capacity rather than eight hours at 50. Because too many people waste the most important asset that they each have, which is time on bullshit. Right. Your peak performance is not my peak performance and vice versa. I said before that I can't play football. I'm no good at art. There'll be someone who can do that picture behind me. I'll do it within you know five days. That'll take me five years and it's still going to be as good. So peak performance is about you finding your peak performance and actually uh, understanding that even a peak performance in recovery is peak performance. That's amazing. Yeah. And um, if um, what, what's coming up for you in sort of the next kind of six to 12 months that you're really excited about? Um, yeah. Might be something you're pumped to launch again or um, just so a I, challenge, anything yeah. that you're excited about? Of course. So I, I run something that I don't even uh, promote right, which is working beautifully. And this is what I said before about Sam Fisher, right? There's stuff that I'm doing out there that nobody even knows I'm doing, right, because I keep it under, I keep it under wraps. And this is counterintuitive to the way that most people operate. But I run something called the Now What Club. So nowwhatclub.rocks, which is my private mentoring club. And I'm doing that in a way which is completely unique. And the, the bottom line sort of uh, side column on that is that if you look at what I've done, in the 
networking space, I've disrupted it. If you look at what I've done in the book writing business world, I've disrupted it. If you look at what I've done as a motivational speaker, I've disrupted the, 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 the other way because I look like a drug dealer. I'm not, by the way, but anymore. But we can all change. Um, but what I've done is I'm now disrupting that personal development world. Personal development world, we're now at Club Rocks, which is doing proving the point that personal development does not, not have to be thousands of dollars to be effective. I'm doing personal development better than anyone else, right, for a fraction of the cost. And people say, what's the catch? The catch is I'm putting those fuckers out of business. That's the catch. Actually, I want to give you a little bit more time on that. Something I noticed when I was watching your videos is there was, even just from a physical fitness point of view, um, the way you have changed in the last, Ten years it has been right. drastic. Um, That's right. I mean, if I put on screen there, look, there you go. Yeah, wow. <coughs> I, I didn't, I didn't see that one. Um, I, I saw a little bit, a little bit further. Yeah. But you know, how do you think you, you know, from the person behind you there to to what you are now? So, so there's now. There's, there's effect. There's effectively three stone difference. So I think uh, two point two pounds for the stone. So I don't know, maybe twenty thirty kilos. Difference. Yeah, wow. Um, so, so. I lost control of my life. So your biggest tool that you have is your brain, right? So think about your brain being a hard drive and everything that you've experienced throughout your life, you've been effectively recording, right? So if you had a violent upbringing, that will have an impact on you. If you had a loving upbringing, that will have an impact on you. And the way that you see the world is based on your operating system. So I've got a PC here with Windows 10. I would not be using a PC with Windows 95 on, right? Unless I like Minesweeper. But the reality is there will be people who are listening to this right now whose operating system is absolutely still stuck in 1995, the way they look at the world. And that's what happened there. So when I was skint, uh, poor, had no money, there was days when I would go hungry um, without food. So then when I started making money, what happened is is when I was skint, I would get my benefits. And for two or three days, I'd live like a benefits king. So I'd eat well or eat as well as you can do on benefits, takeaways, or whatever, right? And then I then started making money. And there was no limits. I could eat every single day like a king, and that's what I did. So I forgot that there was that, that I had no breaks anymore, that I could just eat like I was like a king. And also, when you get shot at and you think that you've got no life tomorrow, you start living everything short term. You don't believe you've got a tomorrow, so therefore you're living for the day. So you're, everything's excess. So that's what happened is I was, I, was, I was doing really well from a business perspective, had money in my pocket, and I was spending it as fast as I could until such a time when I couldn't spend it fast enough. So I was eating more, and then that's what happened. I lost control of me. I lost control, and this is what I see. People look for success. I ended up with it. Success, I was fucking ill. I've got type 2 diabetes now as a result of it, which if I didn't control it, would lock 10 to 15 years of my life. And then, you know, that's as a direct result of me fucking not recognising that I needed to make change. So big combination. as the whole thing. Yeah, that. no, definitely. That, that's yeah, really, really impressive. And then my, my last one, yeah, if somebody wants to reach out to you, um, mm-hmm. they want to follow along your content, um, they've heard something in this show that, that they now want to, yeah, um, follow more of what you do, Where, where's the best place for people to so, go? And, so um, do check out bradburton.biz. I've got a YouTube channel as well. I'm on all the socials, as you'd expect, Brad Burton. Um, and then also do check out Foreign Online. If, you, if this has talked to you, you can understand that culture. There's something wonderfully invigorating about belonging. I know that I've been an outsider all my life. And for the first time ever, I'm an insider surrounded by a lot of outsiders. And actually do look at 4 and do check out the nowwhatclub.rocks as well. 
Fantastic, fantastic. Well, Brad, thank you for coming on. I've been Tim, you've been Brad, and uh, we've been talking. Thanks for coming on. All right, there you have it, the episode with Brad Burton. I hope you guys got a lot of value from that. If you want to reach out to Brad, I'll leave all of the links below to reach out to him. He's an incredible individual. I know you'll get more information, more motivation from what he has to say. Now, if you guys could do me a massive favor, if you go on like, subscribe, and give a five-star written review, especially on iTunes, it really helps out the show. And I love getting the feedback from people enjoying the show. Now, I'd love to talk a little bit more about podcast production. If you're someone who's listening, along to this show and you really enjoyed it but you also have been thinking about starting your own podcast that's something i'd love to help you through as i said at the start of the show we've been able to create a wealth of content for people when doing these podcasts especially in all forms written video and chopped up content that they can then have a month's worth of content done for you so if you want to check that out go to my business group on facebook called how to start a podcast or send me a message at tim at beantalking.com.au. I'm really looking forward to having a conversation with you. But apart from that, I'll see you guys in the next episode.